0: As I said, I like to. I think, it, I think it's best when we just kind of—it's like surprise. The podcast is starting, like it is right now. Survivors, ready? Go! That's not the idol. What is it? It's. Of I know. It has a face on it.
1: I may be a lot of things, but I ain't no Hershey bar.
0: <laughs> Can I play it? I want to play that. You are going to have to dig deep. Welcome back to the Dig Deep Survivor Rewatch Podcast. Matt and I are back here to talk some Survivor as we do, Matt. It's what we do. We're excited. This episode's going to be fun. So if you've been following the early goings of the show, we just finished our rewatch of season 14, Fiji. So if you're looking to go back to old Survivor seasons, then pull up a chair, rewatch with us. If you're filling your free time with Survivor while we await a new season, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at DigDeepPod. Let us know if you're following along with us, or if you're doing your own rewatch, we'd love to hear what you're watching. However, before we want launch into another full season, we're going to have some more fun here today. Matt, we love fun. We love fun. It's a good time. So since we don't know uh, when we're getting another season of Survivor in production, at the time of recording this, of course, season 41 is still postponed with no update on a production schedule. It's fun to fantasize. About what could be. What could be. The ultimate dream for us Survivor fans is, of course, returning players' seasons. Our favorite players coming back for another shot at the million dollars. Matt, why are returning player seasons so good? They're so good because these people
1: already have an idea of how the game is going to be played. And they know what they did wrong the first time, and they can correct it. And usually the people that are on these second chance seasons
0: are people that have proven already that they're compelling characters on a show. Mm -hmm. It's just gameplay right up from the get-go. We don't really need to know them and develop their character as much right off the bat because we already know and love them or hate them. So I think um, it's great to see returning player seasons. And they've been doing a lot more lately, and I hope they do some more after that. They're great seasons. They're great seasons. So um, today, we're going to be talking each We're each going to list five players that we would like to return to play survivors. Now, there are some rules because what makes things more fun than rules? Rules are always fun. So rule number one, these are players that have yet to return ever, not even once. Well, they played one time, but not twice. This is strictly players that we want back who have never been back. On top of that, to spice things up, we want to add we have one player on our list that did not even make it to the merge. Now, since we're called Dig Deep, I decided to make it just a touch more difficult by taking some low-hanging fruit off the table. Now, in my personal opinion, I think it's a foregone conclusion that guys like Dominic from Ghost Island, Rick Devins from Edge of Extinction, and Christian from David Goliath will return at some point. So instead of rehashing a lot of those arguments that have been floating around in Survivor communities since uh, those guys were on the show in the last three years, we tried to find some less obvious names. We wanted to avoid the obvious names
1: because it's, A, it's just more fun, and these people are going to be back, and they're the names that are always on this list, on these lists, and we don't want, we want to have an original take on this.
0: So why don't we just dive right into it, Matt? Of course, there are spoilers ahead for a number of Survivor seasons, so stay safe if you don't want things spoiled. Let's do it. Let's dive in. All right, here we go. Five players that we want to see return that have not already come back. Matt, I want you to jump in first. Give me your first player on your list. Okay, my
1: first player is from Season 35, Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, Chrissy Hoffbeck. Um, she is the ultimate survivor mom. She's the most controlling, demanding player that we've seen. Uh, she just could not handle not having control of the game. And I loved her growth from the start where she was on the outside and she builds her own game. Like she starts from the outside and builds it up.
0: Yeah, I think you can really see that in her game. It's obviously a lot of frustration building because I mean, at the end they they keep trying to get Ben out. And obviously, I mean, she's a businesswoman uh, and she just, they they're, they're trying to get him out of there, but they just can't seem to. And it's obviously very frustrating for her. And Ben just kind of feeds that fire.
1: She cannot handle not being in control, like I said. And she wins her season if it's not for that twist that ends
0: up saving Ben. Mm-hmm. The fire-making challenge that allowed that gives Ben a shot uh, to make it into the final four because he would have been voted out uh, if it was a regular season there.
1: Um, And one more thing to add is that the older women can sometimes be a target on this show, especially early. And she was at the start. She didn't have a great start. But she turned it around and she, in fact, turned into a bit of a challenge beast at the end. I think she won four individual immunity challenges, which is super impressive. And she's just fun. She brings a great energy. She's, you know, in a lot of ways, she's a villain and there's not a lot of good female villains in Survivor. It's a hard area to cast, but
0: she would be perfect. Yeah, see, I hear you on that one. I wasn't a big fan of Prissy, but maybe that was her villainousness.
1: Her villainousness. Her I vi- like that her, word. The, her villainy.
0: Brendan, like just you're, mine. You're up. Mine now? Okay. Um, My first one, why don't we go with uh, Reynolds from uh, Survivor Karamoan. You know what? First off, I want to talk about fans versus favorite seasons. Because this is going to set the tone a little bit for a couple things down the road. But I think in fans versus favorite seasons, the fans are like lambs being led to the slaughter. They... It's never pretty. They quite often... Uh, I don't know if it's, it's probably not purposeful, but they tend to have a weaker casting years uh, when in these seasons, we've seen it in season 26 and season 16, uh, and they tend to not have great characters on the fan side. I'm not sure if that's on purpose or uh, because they want to pump up the returning players. However, I think the one strong fan on this season in Survivor season 26, Karamoan, was Now, I think for him, he was on the ropes the entire game. He sort of started out, he formed a very tight alliance that his tribe was very aware of. Uh, I think they called themselves the Cool Kids Gang, so that was a little bit annoying. But I just think he found two idols in his time out there, uh, and because he needed to. He was playing the game hard because he was on the outs immediately. They targeted his alliance. And I actually, on this uh, fact goes out to Survivor Wiki, but he is the fastest player to find two immunity idols in terms of time span. He found one on day five and another on day 11. So I think he was playing from the bottom basically the entire game, but he made it to the merge and he made it a few votes into the merge.
1: I really like the Reynolds pick. I think that's a guy that, could definitely come back. A guy who'd probably be willing to come back. Uh, the one thing I really liked about Reynolds is, like you said, he was into the game. I don't want passengers. I want people that want to take control
0: and want, they want to win the game. Well, and again, of course, he had those two idols and he used him. He made a show of it at Tribal Council. Just big moves, making a really big show, making big plays to try and save himself. And partly because he had to, because he was on the ropes. But it worked because he did he made it much further into the game than i thought he would when i wa- first watched that season i thought man this guy is great but he's going to be gone lickety split because he just came in with a lot of confidence and again just you know a a good looking charismatic dude whose confidence is a little bit too high and uh thinks that you know because he's beautiful he can. The game's going to be easy. The game's going to be easy for him. So, I think uh, he just he made a great villain. Um and I think he's just yeah, I think he's just a really smart dude and he just kind of ended up on the wrong side of the numbers early on which was his fault. So, I think he can learn from that if he came back and and uh used those idol finding skills, I think he'd be a great pick. Matt, back
1: to me. Um my second pick is from season 35 Sorry, season thirty-three, millennials, Gen X, Jay Starrett. Now, this is this guy would be very like we're not ranking these, but this guy would be high for me because he he brings the perfect mix of entertainment. He's a funny guy, charismatic, great uh, great in a confessional. He's a challenge beast, and he had a flair for the dramatic in the game. Great strategy, not always the greatest strategist, but he always had a flair for the
0: dramatic. Well, and I think for him, something that was. Early on in the game, he was kind of tied to uh, a couple of the younger players on on the Millennials tribe, and and I thought that kind of hamstrung him a little bit. But then, when he
1: broke away from them, that's when his game started
0: to flourish. As, yeah, as soon as they had a tribe swap, we got to see him kind of come out as just a different person. He wasn't necessarily broing out, uh, but he was really playing a good strategic game, um, looking for idols. Really good. Yeah.
1: He was, he always had that flair for the dramatic. And obviously, we got to see that with the Michaela vote out because he blindsides Michaela in one of the most vicious blindsides we've seen in survivor history and stares her down at the end and says, Yeah, I did
0: that. That was pretty badass. Yeah. Well, and I think, and then, and then on the flip side, he was also voted out on one of the most uh, surprising blindsides ever because he had, I mean, he used one of the most, convincing fake immunity idols ever. I love his confidence, overconfidence
1: and cockiness in that. Like, and that shows his, his immaturity. And that's kind of what I like from a player. Like he was so into the game and like he had flaws, but, and they eventually got exposed, but he was constantly trying in that game.
0: Well, but why wouldn't he be confident? That immunity idol that David made was perfect. It was like every other hidden idol inside of a, uh, a coconut with uh, some some paint on it you know I I just think he yes he got outplayed by David but it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't because he wasn't playing as hard or anything it was just that he just got outfoxed
1: for me all I'll say is I think he would be an easy person to bring back for entertainment value and he would bring he would bring entertainment value to
0: the show easily I agree all right, I'll move on here. Uh, my next pick is a winner, actually, and it's tough to find winners that haven't come back. We just saw twenty come back on Winners at War. The list was cut pretty aggressively recently. Yes, Todd Herzog from Survivor China. Now, I Todd, this. I love this pick. Todd is one of my favorite winners of all time. I think he played one of the most uh, most strategic games in this uh, in this era of Survivor. And also, uh, I think he had one of the best final tribals, uh, maybe ever. I mean, he, he he dominated. And so I think uh, he had some very public issues after the show, uh, dealing with some alcoholism. He's, he's since gotten through that, got, went through treatment. Uh, he's, he's doing great. Um, now, Survivor has kind of historically distanced themselves from these types of, you know, uh, pl- players with, we'll call it, off-the-field issues. However, I think, you know, we're in 2020 now and we're more open to talking about things like addictions and mental health issues. And I think Survivor, it would be a really big move to bring a person like Todd back who has had his struggles uh, and but has but has triumphed over them. A personal redemption. A story. personal redemption story. Not and also this is a great narrative. So I think it would be good to see them instead of just trying to kind of sweep these guys under the rug or these players that have had issues That a lot of fans really want to see come back, but, you know, they're not bringing back. So I think if they could, you know, kind of overlook that stuff now, because we're in a much more accepting time, destigmatized. We understand these issues a lot better now. And so I think I think people would be a lot more receptive to hearing his story now. So that aside, on an AMA on Reddit, he said he would love to come back. This was ahead of Winners at War. They were talking about a potential all-winner season. And he said, get me out there. So I think uh he's just he played a really all-around game socially and strategically and i think there aren't a lot of winners that did that that haven't come back and so i think get him out here you know that the 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 very public issues that he had they're way in the past now he's doing great get him out there he's such an
1: exciting player and i always have a soft spot for those early strategists those players that kind of in a way invented the game and i would say todd is one of those players because Modern strategy was still being figured out at that point. And he was one of the people that really pushed it and really pushed the make doing your work behind the scenes, like and not being out there and and out out up front in front of it and getting blood on your hands. He did a lot behind the scenes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he and I I would say I would kind of compare him and Earl in terms of uh, leaders or not leaders, winners in that era of Survivor that were definitely more puppet masters, but had their game locked in and they had their alliances locked in. They know who was doing what, what idols were where. And I think uh, he'd be really great. Also, I'm just going to plug it. He has an Instagram and he does these, uh, he does custom Funko dolls of like survivor people. So if you're into that sort of thing, definitely go check out his Instagram because it's really cool. Brendan Uh, showed me these. They are, they are very cool. They're really great. He has a bunch for a bunch of different uh, survivors. So Todd Herzog, I think he should definitely come back. And I think it's a, I think it's a shame, an absolute shame, Matt, that it's he a, hasn't been back yet. It
1: It is one that you would hope he'd come back at some point. Like you said, he would have a great story and he was so much fun on the show and charismatic too. brilliant strategist, charismatic. Uh, I just think he hits all the boxes.
0: Yeah, for Great, sure. great speaker. And that came through in his final tribal uh, speech that won him a million dollars. So I'll pass it over to you, Matt.
1: All right. I'm very excited for this one. The third person on my list is none other than Survivor's Tom Brady, Rodney Lavois Jr. <laughs> this the greatest of all time is what you mean. Like I we're not ranking these, but Rodney would without a doubt easily be number 1 for me and it there wouldn't even be a debate. This guy was the most entertaining Survivor player in history.
0: Yeah, I mean, we he was on a very interesting season. I think the the people are split on worlds apart. In a season with the most unlikable cast in Survivor history,
1: Rodney is the most unlikable. And that's why I love him. He is easily the most entertaining in terms of quotes, hilarious confessionals. Fights with other people. I, I love that kind of stuff. I love the the carnage. I just want to be entertained. And Rodney is one of the most entertaining players ever. Underrated strategist. And some of my favorite Rodney moments. His bromance with Joaquin. Uh, at one point they're just pumping their arms as they're talking to each other. Just broing down. down. Um, absolutely hilarious to me. Of course that fizzled out rather quickly. Um, but yeah. Perfect guy to bring back for one of these second chance seasons too because you can't just have heavy hitters you can't just have brilliant strategists you need those guys that are there for comic relief and Rodney would actually if you utilized him correctly could be a very valuable piece in an alliance um some guy a guy that maybe you can push out start some drama and if you used him correctly Rodney could be very useful
0: yeah I think my opinion on Rodney I think he's a very charismatic guy uh, and as you said, a very unlikable season on Worlds Apart. He rises above a sea of unlikability just by being uh, interesting. I think
1: there's a little bit of charm to his, uh, to his jerkish- jerkishness, though. When he's just screaming at people. When he's just for screaming no at Mike or complaining that he has to wash dishes on his birthday, which is one of the greatest quotes in Survivor history, or the fact that he can
0: never win a reward, and that's all he wants. He just wants to get off the island. He's persecuted he's persecuted. That's I I think uh I think Rodney's fun. I you like Worlds Apart a lot more than I do. I love that season. <laughs> and I think Rodney uh yeah, if if you want to spice things up, Rodney's your man.
1: It's such an easy pick in terms of entertainment. Like that's is there is there a more entertaining player? Like obviously I watch the game a bit
0: differently than other people. Like I just want to be entertained, but he is he is so funny. Yeah, so if you, entertaining. If you want somebody just screaming in the middle of camp, then bring Rodney back. His impressions of Mike were pretty good. Get Rodney back. Great impressionist. Yeah, he did a lot of those actually. I will okay, I forgot about that. And he did very good impressions. He was hilarious. A very good Mike. Uh we'll hop on here. I'll go uh Hayden Moss from Blood versus Water. A former Big Brother winner. Season twelve, I think.
1: Season twelve, Matt, he was a part of the brigade, which the, is one of the better alliances in Big Brother history.
0: Matt is the Big Brother authority on this podcast, so we'll I'll, I'll i'll refer to him later for a little bit more Big Brother thoughts on Hayden. But I think he was a really great strategist. Again, he was kind of bogged down early, having to worry about Cat, which is of course the you know the 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 theme of the season it's blood versus water you're not just out there playing an individual game you have to think of your loved one um i see blood versus water at least the first season almost as a fans versus favorites again we have our returnees who we love tyson on that season who's one of my favorites of all time and then we have you know the 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 family members and i think i think hayden got a worse edit because he wasn't a returning player. I think we saw, you know, we wanted, they wanted to see Tyson and, and Jervis and they were kind of in control. And so I think Hayden was sort of edited as the villain. And I think he and Tyson were just two really big players going head to head, just going at it. And I think he made a, a really amazing move. And it, it it's, it's talked about a lot. It's the Tribal Council at the final six. The second rock draw. In survivor history now I think what's really interesting about this tribal council was that if we go back Hayden is the one on the block so it's Tyson Monica and Jervis versus Sierra Hayden and oh gosh Tina's daughter oh no Laura no no I'm losing it Katie there we go <laughs> Katie didn't make much of an impression. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So we okay. So we got we got Katie, Hayden, Sierra, and we got Tyson, Monica, Jervis. Tyson, Monica, Jervis want to go vote Hayden out. Now what Hayden does, Sierra's with um, Tyson and Monica and Jervis before this vote. But what Hayden does is he's able to flip Sierra and say, "Hey, let's go to rocks. Let's do it 3-3." So by sending it to Rocks, Hayden takes himself off the block. He's able to, he gets immunity. If they go to if they go to Rocks, the rock draw, and he's the one that had initially been voted for, he's immune. So he convinced Katie and Sierra both to vote with him and then get him safe and then go to a rock draw to potentially be voted out by chance. That's some mist level stuff right there. That's nuts. Like I, I, I went back when I was doing my research for this, and I, and I watched this tribal council, and I was just going, how did he get Sierra and Katie to do this? Because it's so obvious. Because if they go to rocks, he's safe. He's that good. He's that good. So I think, uh, I think again in a in a returning player season, him coming back without the. Uh, stress of a very emotional family member, or not family member, loved one. Very, very emotional. Very, very emotional. One of the most emotional in Survivor. Cat. Um, I think he would be able to do really well. He was a bit of a wild card, but he knew exactly what he was doing. He was a he was a brilliant strategist, and you could see that in Survivor. And he was
1: great at forming relations with people. Or sorry, on Big Brother, and he was great at forming relations with people. And that's what my big takeaway was from his season was he found a dominant alliance right from the start, trusted them and built that rapport and did all the dirty work behind the scenes.
0: And it, I just think he'd be great to bring back again. Mm-hmm. I think he was, I, I, I think all of that factored into it. And I think, I honestly think he was Tyson's target because he knew he was a player. They kind of butted heads that season. That was but, a great rivalry. But Tyson was, that was a, um, not quite as dominant, but it was, I compare Tyson's blood versus water game to Rob's Redemption Island game where he won, it was he was in control all the time, and he was very upset when he wasn't in control. So I think he would be a great player to bring back, and I I I think obviously he's in the the CBS family, so bring him back. I I don't think he got a fair shot that one, and and I made he made it further than I thought he would with being attached to Cat.
1: And I, I really like that pick. I can't uh, I can't disagree. I think he'd be a great person
0: to bring back. You're not, well, you're not allowed to disagree. That's against the law. All
1: right, I'm up here. Uh, my next one will be very fresh in our minds. Uh, and I would say one of the most obvious people to bring back from season 14, Survivor Fiji, Mr. Earl Cole. The second winner on our list, and you uh, mentioned Earl a little bit earlier uh, when we were talking about Todd. Um, just one of the most wholesome survivors we've seen and one of the best strategists we've ever seen. And like I said, with Todd, the same thing applies to Earl. I love someone that was an inventor and someone who kind of created a lot of the game that we see today. The strategy that Earl pulled off is something that people try in Survivor and in Big Brother as well. And it's trying to stay behind the scenes and making other people take the shots for you. You're in control, but you're making sure that you're not getting any blood on your hands and you're not having any attention put on you. And Earl did that brilliantly. He missed it everybody. No one really knew how in, in control he was until the end when he needed everyone to know how in control he was because he needed to win the game. And uh, he was brilliant strategist, great person, and like we talked about in our last two episodes, I was gushing over the, the friendship between Yao and Earl. It was so wholesome and just someone you want to watch on TV because he's having so much fun out there and he's enjoying the game. And Yao Man was the same way. Those two together was just great TV. And Earl is an obvious player to bring back. And I know they've tried to bring him back multiple times and it hasn't worked out,
0: um, but it sounds like he's open and I would love to have him back. Mm-hmm. We love the big characters on this show. We talk about the big characters a lot, but I think with Earl, the thing is that I love, and I I particularly love these types of players, the quiet, thoughtful, calculated ones. It doesn't mean he's not playing. It doesn't mean he's not in control, uh, kind of comparable to Kim Spradlin wolfs game in uh, Survivor 1 World. Just in control, in control of your people. You know exactly what's going on. But you, they, the your opposition does not necessarily know that you were in complete control. You're holding your cards very close to your chest, and finding the right people to trust and and building
1: those relationships to a point where they're strong enough where you trust these people with your
0: life in the game. Yeah, absolutely, and and you could see that with his uh his his relationship with Yao Man, and of course we we just rewatched Survivor Fiji. So if you want to hear our full thoughts about Yao Man and Earl, we're gonna we we dive right into that. Like we got deep. We love Yao Man and Earl, uh, and we talked a lot about Earl as a winner. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely go back our uh, previous two episodes, part one and two of uh, the Survivor Fiji rewatch are on there because I think uh, we can get into it a bit deeper than uh, there than 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 we can here. But I'll just just say I think yeah, Earl, he's the times he was asked to come back were for some of Survivor's most iconic seasons. And I think that says a lot to uh, where casting sees him, and they obviously value him a lot. They and think his he's, stature in the history of the game. They think he's a really good player, so I think he will be back. Uh, again, there's mutual interest, like Matt said, so I think that one, there's a really good shot. And we both love Earl,
1: and, and obviously we talked about it at length in the podcast uh, in the last two episodes. He would be
0: second to Rodney, my most wanted back for sure. I'll move on here. Uh, my next one is Natalie Bolton from survivor Micronesia, part of the black widow Alliance. She's at least in part responsible for two of the most iconic blind sides in that season. And maybe in the history of the show,
1: that's an, uh, it's an iconic season in its, in its own right. And it's whole.
0: Now she was a master manipulator we'll get into that you know very uh, uh beautiful woman using her looks uh manipulating the man Matt's grimacing at me well we can anyway why did eric do it then matt why else i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so she she's a master manipulator. I think, like I said earlier, sort of with Reynold, I think she sort of outmatched pretty much every single person coming off the fans tribe uh, in that season of fans versus favorites. A fact that I thought was interesting, that I it just hadn't dawned on me before against Survivor Wiki, she's the only member of that final five that hasn't returned. We got Eric back in Karamoin. uh, Sari returned in Game Changers. That season's so iconic. So many people came back after that. And then we got Amanda and Parvati came back. uh, Heroes 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 Villains. Villains. So I think that's really telling that, I mean, obviously it's it's an iconic season. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. Um, I found out she was an alternate for Heroes Villains. And she was cut at the very last minute. Uh, She didn't make the cut. But I think, again, we need to go back to... Everybody knows the moment. It's one of the most iconic moments in Survivor history. I was waiting to get to this. <laughs> Jeff brings it up all the time. So I'm not going to, tr- I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but just to recap, at the final five, Natalie is likely going home because Poverty, Sari, and Amanda are in a tight alliance. Eric wins immunity. Natalie looks like she's dead to rights. She's next on the chopping block within the Black Widow Alliance. And somehow, well, I know how, she's able to convince Eric to give up his immunity aisle. Eric's just too nice. He's too nice. She thinks uh, her her argument for him is that it would kind of clear him in the eyes of the jury because he was a bit of a flip-flopper in that game. So she kind of convinced him that, hey, if you want to uh, do a little jury management here, they need to see... Uh, you do something good they need to see you redeem yourself and Eric's just a really nice guy and, and it's
1: early on in the show's history whereas like you know you could be convinced of something like that at that point I it's still one of the most shocking memorable moments in the show's history um but yeah
0: and she was a huge part of that yeah so he gives it up and she moves on he gets voted out uh it's known as one of the Dumbest moves in Survivor history.
1: It's the dumbest move. It has to be.
0: But I think... uh, I think, again, Eric's just a nice guy. That's all I'll say. But I think it would be interesting to see... We'll we'll stop talking about Eric. We got uh, Natalie, so... There's one more thing we need to talk about. I think... Well, yeah. I think it would be interesting to see if she would be able to adapt her game a bit. Because she was sort of a flirt, almost like an early Parvati. Yeah. I'm not. Okay. Okay, Matt. Sort of like an early poverty flirting. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So she's known as sort of a flirt. Okay. Master manipulator. Okay. Sure. Matt, how could she not be a master manipulator? She orchestrated one of the greatest moves in survivor history.
1: I feel like Suri and poverty had more to do with that than she did. Well, she helped she did
0: anyway how could she adapt her game in a returning season with people having seen that and knowing that she will cut you if uh if you're in her way uh also a very entertaining one of the weirdest moments in survivor history she asks parvati at the final tribal uh how her flirtatious nature translates to the bedroom (laughs) which i still don't I don't know where she was going. Jeff didn't know where she was going. Parvati didn't. Parvati didn't. Anyway, they're friends now. Good. Natalie went to her baby shower. Good. (laughs) So it's all good. Uh, Anyway, I think she would be great to come back. I think it would have been great to see her on the Villains Tribe uh, in season 20. All right. We've gotten through four of our picks each. So, of course, as I said earlier, we have each one pre-merge boot that we'd like to see return. Matt, give us yours. And
1: I'm going to pick someone who was actually the first out in her season. And that's Nadia Anderson, Natalie's sister. Do I have a lot I can say here? I really can't say much. She didn't really get to play the game. The only reason I have her on her on this list is because of what her sister did. Um, her sister was one of the more entertaining female players we've seen in the game. Uh, I really liked what she did on Winners at War. A lot of people didn't like that, uh, didn't like her her story on that season, but I actually thought she did a really good job and I liked her story. Um, but her on San Juan del Sur, she was a mastermind on that season, and Honestly, all I can say is that I would hope her sister played a similar way. And that's why I would want her. And from watching them on the amazing race together, they are very similar. They do have that same energy. And I think it would just be nice to see her get another shot.
0: Well, and even if the survivor casting doesn't want her back, what they could do is they could do a little parent trap situation where they could just be like, hey, Natalie's coming back to play (laughs) and they could just send Nadia. Identical twins. Perfect. That'd be great. I, I like that idea. Imagine that reveal at the like at the reunion. She just won a million dollars. And Jeff's like, Natalie, you won again. And surprise she's like, it's Nadia. Surprise. It's Nadia. I'm actually Nadia. I'm actually Nadia. That would be great. No, I think uh again, as you said, we don't have much to go on. Uh, but uh, a veteran of similar type reality show in the amazing race, and uh we love Natalie. So why not? That's my basis. I really like Natalie. So why not? let her
1: sister play. Why not? Why not? Let Nadia play.
0: Let Nadia play. Hashtag let Nadia play. Let's get it trending. Tweet it. Tweet, tweet hashtag let Nadia play at us. We'd love to hear it. Um, my pre-merge boot. I want to give a little uh, disclaimer before this one. So for me, I think with any returning player, a lot of these that I listed previous to this you want to see some growth in their game. You want to see how they learned from their first ousting on Survivor. This guy, I don't want him to change at all. I want him to come in and make the same mistakes. And that would be Ace Gordon from Survivor Gabon Season 17. He had a British accent. That's I, I remember that. We recently watched Gabon. Just Let about. me just jump in here and say that this is
1: an unbelievable pick. And one that I would have had on my list if Brendan didn't want it. Well...
0: You had him on your honorable mentions. He was on my honorable mentions. I'll, I'll be, to be fair. So I claimed him. I gave him priority. I gave Ace priority. But so I think Ace, he was uh, a cocky, confident, British, question mark, guy? Maybe. We Maybe. don't know. And uh, he, bald. he was, <laughs> he is bald. He was bald. We know that mm-hmm. for sure. He was in somewhat control of his game until he sort of lost it. Sugar flipped on him but i think uh he's the ultimate villain he was just a cocky guy who wouldn't listen to anybody else it was all about ace he in in ace's mind his perception of himself just a little bit different than how everybody else sees him and i just just he just oozes that like i'm better than you attitude and maybe it's the accent partly too but i learned that uh he was also an alternate for Heroes Villains.
1: Which when you told me, I was surprised to hear because he's not a name you instantly think of. But when, when I when I started thinking about it, I thought that guy would have been perfect on that season.
0: But there's so many good male villains, it's hard to pick Ace. Absolutely. And, but I think what's best about Ace is that it's not necessarily his actions or what he's doing. It's his perception of what he's doing. And then us getting to see how everybody else around him is perceiving him. One of the most delusional people the show's ever
1: seen. But here, here's my thoughts on the ace pick. How much fun did we have watching him on that season? A lot of what me and Brendan like to do when we watch this show is, you know, we have a good time with it. We like to yell at the TV and we like to trash, so the, trash the contestants sometimes. And Ace, we just leaned into when we watched this season together. We had so much fun just watching this guy meander through the game with this false sense of confidence
0: well again and yeah i you can just see him like in his confessionals he's like he's like leaned back he's like he thinks he's the coolest dude and and he's just going oh this is going to be a bad british accent hit us with it i'm in charge (laughs) i'm ace (laughs) i'm i'm in total control was, what what accent is this again? I don't know. Maybe Australian. We've been watching some Aussie Survivor. Uh, but again, so I think just, and but we'd see that and he's like, I'm in total control. I don't know what that was. And then we just go to Corinne just being like, we need to get rid of this guy. Oh, Corinne. We need Corinne back. And then Sugar just like crying, being like, God, I'm going to vote Ace out. But I, I just think, again, I I want to see that, but in Survivor Heroes versus Villains. Like imagine Ace just doing that. And then seeing Boston Rob's reactions, Tyson's reaction, surrounded by absolute killers, coach's reaction. Oh man! I just the thought of that makes me excited. I know, I, I, but again, you just know that Tyson would have a field day with a dude like this. Oh man! Just they would rip him apart.
1: And and I'll say this: like the for the same reason you, I have Rodney on my list. It's the same reason why I want Ace back. It's just entertainment value. I hated Ace. I want to watch
0: him on my TV because sometimes it's fun to have someone you dislike on the show. Well, and on on one slightly serious note, I do think he did have a grasp on the game. He, w- I think he did have good strategy. It was just his overconfidence that did him in and his general attitude.
1: His general ace I wonder if he was named ace at birth.
0: That's what I want to know. Maybe it's short for something. ace Ooh. Ooh, that was Ooh. fun. <laughs> But yeah, so I think he had a a good grasp on the game, and and again, I I say that I don't want him to change, but in order for him to be a successful character, uh, in a re- in a returning season, he would have to rein in that cocky attitude, because I do think he did have a good strategy. He just rubbed people the wrong way.
1: Anthony Gortano.
0: Yes. <laughs> so uh, I think we each have a couple honorable mentions, uh, that just just didn't make the cut. So Matt, why don't you give me both your honorable mentions? Or honorable ho- mention, however many.
1: Honorable mention number one, from Micronesia. We've already gotten one. We, uh, you had Natalie. Um, I am going to take Joel Anderson. Joel. Joel. Um, the biggest meathead survivors ever cast. Uh, I don't really have too much to say, but his treatment of Chet was mean but absolutely hilarious him dragging him through the challenge, smacking his head on things. Funny guy. Anytime Joel's face was on TV, I was having a good time. Um and that's why I want him back.
0: Well, and just like the uh, the absolute ultimate alpha male. Like just a guy who they orchestrated him getting outed by just going like they could manipulate him so easily by just being like, "Hey, uh, it seems like somebody else is in charge. And he'd be like,
1: what? Oh,
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> and he wore a bucket hat, which I respected. Yeah. Early, early survivor bucket hats like Earl. Whoa. It's a theme. Oh Whoa. my God. Are they the same? Wow. Uh, Matt, give me another honorable mention.
1: Honorable mention. Number two from 32 co-wrong Kyle Jason, the bounty hunter. Um, I love carnage in a game. I feel like survivor doesn't do this enough. They don't cast people that they know are going to cause drama and they know are going to cause fights. And Kyle Jason was that kind of guy. He was vicious and chaotic in the game. Uh, and he had a very heartwarming story too. That was one of the best parts about him was you got this fun, entertaining gameplay that you don't get enough on this show. Plus he had a heart of gold and a great story. Um, I would love to see him come back.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think for him, being on the, tri- on the Braun tribe with his counterpart, Scott, I think they really just played off each other. So I would be interested to see him by himself in a solo situation because they kind of brought out the worst in each other.
1: I agree with that. And the one more thing, or the last thing I'll say about uh, Kyle Jason is that We've talked about this before, is that I like when Survivor has a diverse cast. And I mean that in a lot of different ways. He had a very unique look and a very unique story and a very unique attitude. And that's an attitude that you don't see very much on the show. But it's it's very prevalent in society. There's lots of people like that. And it was interesting
0: to see him navigate the game. Yeah, I'm all for more real people on Survivor. Because that's, it's that's it, yeah. re- recently it, it's a lot of, you know... Uh, very muscular-built dudes, very good-looking, uh, girls that look good in bikinis, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but I just think more real people with real stories. More real people, that, and I think he's a very real dude. All right, I'll roll through my couple honorable mentions here. Uh, another Fiji character is Michelle Yi. We talked about her a lot uh, on our Fiji rewatch. Basically, she got played out of the game at the Merge, by a very strange twist that we haven't seen since.
1: We didn't like it at the when we watched it. We talked about it at length on the podcast. Uh, I feel like in a lot of ways, she kind of got screwed. And she was showing potential. I didn't think she had really flushed everything out yet. But she was showing serious potential at the time that she got voted out.
0: Well, and Yao Man and Earl both mentioned her as a very strong player. So just based on those recommendations, I think it'd be interesting to see what she could do without being screwed by a... Um, A twist. My next one is uh, Ian from Palau. Now, uh, Ian made it to the final three. He was in one of the longest challenges, endurance challenges in Survivor history. I think it was uh, just under 12 hours long. And he stepped down because he wanted to uh, be friends with Katie, uh, who was in, in the final three. He had kind of backstabbed her a couple times. He did the altruistic thing. He said, I'm going to give it to you guys, basically giving Tom the victory. I think Tom would have won anyway, but uh, Ian, I think he he played a, a, a good game and he gave up the million dollars for good reasons because he wanted to be a good guy. He didn't get played out of it. He just, he sat and he thought about it for 11 hours sitting on a buoy in the middle of the ocean. He thought, you know what? I'm not happy with how I played this. So love a good guy. Um, I have a couple fun suggestions here. Just two quick ones. You have two as well? Okay, awesome. Uh, I'll do one and you do one. I'm going to go uh, Siku from Cook Islands. Survivor! We could get a sequel to that iconic song.
1: That'd be great. We need the studio recording of that song. We do That's need the studio
0: need. recording. Honestly, we need to get CBS on that. Uh, get on it. Now, you thought. What did I think? You thought that on Caesar season 21, Survivor Nicaragua, you were so excited for... 67-year-old Super Bowl-winning head coach Jimmy Johnson to come and play the game of Survivor, weren't you, Matt? I was so excited. Now imagine that, but imagine he's 77. Wow. Bring Jimmy back. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think that's it for our list here, right, Matt? That was fun. Beautiful. I liked that. That was a good time. Alright, those were our five-ish players we'd want to see return that have only played once. But we want to hear from you, so if you're listening right now, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at digdeeppod and let us know who's at the top of your list to return. Maybe on Twitter we'll do a little poll we can ask. Whose list was better, mine or Matt's? Mine was better. Well, we'll let the fans decide. But Matt, without further ado, that was fun. But I think it's time we talk about our next rewatch. Ooh. We alluded to it after our Fiji rewatch. So if anyone picked up on those super clues, then you're a super sleuth.
1: And a super fan of the show.
0: A super fan of the show.
1: Do we have any of those yet?
0: Maybe. If you're a super fan of the show, Let us know. Hit us up at dig deep Pod. Let us know. We would love to have one. We would love to. We'll follow you back. Ooh. Promise. Promise. This season that we're going to watch next is one of my favorites. Easily in my top 10 And a bright spot amid the late 30s. And of course, I'm talking about Survivor Ghost Island Season 36. I think this season features two very strong strategic competitors with slightly different takes on the game. Now, it's not like it's not often we get to see two alpha players play together who aren't gunning for each other and actively work together, especially in modern Survivor. Uh, also, in terms of the themed seasons that have kind of become the standard lately, this is my favorite. I love the spooky motif. They really just kind of completely steer into it with the music and the sets, uh, and the gimmick that goes along with it. I think is perfect for the hardcore Survivor fan.
1: I love bringing back history, and I love, uh, I love the fact that they're talking about these cursed idols and bringing them back into the game because it's fun to look back at at how those plays happened and how those idols got cursed.
0: Reverse the curse. Ooh, Ooh. so that's very fun. Uh, I'm really excited to get back into this one. So our next episode will be part one of our Ghost Island rewatch, season thirty-six. So if you want to watch along uh, with us, watch up to the merge and get caught up, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Good night.